Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. I just realized I've been feeling a little off all day long, and I was, got an email from a friend a couple of minutes ago, and uh, he wrote, I've been not feeling like things are exactly the way they ought to be. And so I replied, you know what I think it is? It's changing the clocks. It just cha- throws our routines off just enough that... Uh, I know, the day just doesn't seem to be aligned quite properly. Of course, with me, it started this morning with the refrigerator dying. You always hope that it's just the <laughs> it's just the light bulb. But, oh, no, it was the refrigerator that died. So I had a choice, go and buy a new small fridge or let everything go to waste in the, in the big one. So, you know, off to, uh, off to the store, I bought a small fridge and... Well, thank my friend Nancy for picking me up and and the and the fridge too, because it didn't wouldn't fit in my car. So just one of those days. Uh, baby boomers, Canada's aging population, could push government deficits to 143 billion dollars by 2025. 143 billion dollars, which according to the Fraser. Institute report that I've been reading suggests that uh, our deficit would grow by, well, three and a half times larger. It would be three and a half times larger than the total federal and provincial government deficits in 2017. And this is because of an aging population. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting issue, and it's one that I guess we're going to have to come to grips with. And governments have not and are not so far. Taylor Jackson is a public policy researcher and co-author of the Fraser Institute's new report on Canadians and uh, the aging population in this country. Mr. Jackson, good to talk to you. Yes, thank you for having me. So before I get into the numbers and how you arrived at them and what it means, did that number, $143 billion, if somebody had mentioned that to you before you started breaking it all down, would that have surprised you or would you have expected something in that range? Well, I think we would expect something in that range. I mean, it's been well known that that this is sort of coming to Canada. It, it, we're not the first ones to report that we've got, or, you know, our study is the latest numbers, but we've known that this is sort of coming for a long time. And what are governments doing about this? How much planning 
has uh, gone into the fact that we know that the population is aging, and we know that an aging population will place more strain on the infrastructure. What are governments provincially and federally and even municipally doing? Well, we haven't actually seen governments doing that much. So let's look at one metric, and that's healthcare spending. And this is going to be one of the areas where we're going to expect to see probably the largest increase uh, in government spending due to an aging population. And our projections are that that's going to increase roughly 57% by 2045. Now, healthcare spending is a provincial matter primarily, but it's continually increasing across the provinces. And we haven't yet seen, um, you know, the provinces look at their programs and, and, you know, ask the question, how can we do this in a more cost-effective manner? Consider another area uh, that will likely see a large increase in spending due to an aging population, and that's uh, senior transfer programs like the OAS, Old Age Security, or the GIS, the Guaranteed Income Supplement. And again, projection, projections are that, that uh, those programs are going to increase, their spending for those programs will increase about 47% by 2045. And there's nothing there's nothing that can be done about this, because the pop, well, there, there are options the government's going to have to take, but there's nothing that can be done about the aging population, because it's just a fact of life. No, certainly. Quite literally. Yes, no, absolutely. It is something we're going to see. And the estimates from Statistics Canada are that from 2010 to 2063, the share of the Canadian population over 65 is going to increase from under 15% to over 25%. So we're going to get to a point where a quarter of Canadians are senior citizens, and they're going to have demands for uh, things like healthcare spending, old age transfers that governments are going to have to cope with. And uh, those senior citizens are going to say, look, don't tell me I shouldn't access this or I shouldn't have access to it because I paid into it all these years with the expectation that it would be there for me and with the promise that it would be there for me, which is what the younger generations are going to say. But it's going to be a ship that's going to be listing uh, because of the uh, the preponderance of weight from the older generations using up the money and using up the resources. No, certainly. And this is something that governments are going to have to recognize. They're going to have to recognize that higher demands are going to be placed on healthcare spending and transfer programs. And they need to start uh, looking into how can they cope with this? Are they going to engage in, in reform of these programs that maybe can offer services in a more efficient manner? Are they going to have to look to raising taxes? Are they going to finance the, the increasing spending through uh, deficits and debt? And, of course, you know, if, if they take on large amounts of deficits or if, if they increase taxes substantially, those could have uh, some serious negative consequences for the Canadian economy. What about the argument that, look, it's, it's going to be a temporary issue because as people reach those senior years, they're not going to live much longer or not live indefinitely. And so there will be a, um, a rise in the graph, a rather spectacular climb in the graph of spending on population and then as the seniors die, that there's going to be a corresponding quick decline in spending. Well, this is something that's going to ramp up relatively quickly. We're going to get to sort of almost the peaks in these, uh, in these issues about the 2030s, and then it's going to be only a gradual decline from there. That's only 13 years from now. No, certainly it, it is, certainly around the corner. 
but you know the levels of seniors in the in the Canadian population are expected to remain around 25% for an extended period of decades oh, really? in the future. Yeah. So we're not going to see a, a you know a hump and then a drawdown. It is going to be more of a, a sustained uh, share of the population as the next generations grow older. I should have thought about that. But Certainly. you know that's that's what I've heard a lot of times. A lot of people say, look, it's going to be a temporary blip. And uh, as you point out, that's not the case because coming up behind are the younger generations who will be coming, uh, becoming older. So what happens? Are we going to inevitably and invariably lose out on social programs? Is it going to be necessary for governments to say to seniors who are doing res- reasonably well financially, for example, if you're a senior and you're making enough money to get by without accessing old age security and, uh, and, uh, and uh, I don't know, maybe even Canada Pension Plan, all of it, um, you're going to have to absorb some of this because we can't sustain it. Uh, I, I ask that question, and then the next thought that pops into mind is what government would, would, would dare to do that because they'd be thinking about the next election. No, certainly. Governments are going to face some stark choices coming up here. Specifically, what governments are going to do is something that's beyond the scope of our report. The intention of our report is to help them recognize that the problem is coming. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at it, something like healthcare that is provincially dominated and the provinces have you know, somewhat different healthcare systems, they're going to need to take a hard look at those systems uh, and the variances within them to see how can they they offer these services in a more cost-effective manner. Because you're right, Canadians, as they age, and as I said, we're going to get to a quarter of the population being senior citizens, they are going to have health care demands. And and governments are going to be tasked with meeting those demands. So how can they they do this in a cost-effective manner? Or are they going to have to look to to other policy measures like increasing taxes or debts and deficits? And and we look at a health care system today, it's, it's struggling to meet even the most fundamental requirements. No, certainly again. And as I mentioned, healthcare spending is something that's been increasing uh, for a long time in Canada. And, and the way it's been increasing certainly suggests that, that governments uh, don't seem to be aware of, of the increase or the wave of spending uh, that will come in, in a relatively short amount of peer, or short amount of time. Mm-hmm. We're talking a decade to a decade and a half where this is going to really ramp up. Hold on, Mr. Taylor. I want to ask you a few more questions. Taylor Jackson, uh, Mr. Jackson, hold on, please. Taylor Jackson is uh, is my guest. He is uh, a researcher, and uh, he is the co-author of the Fraser Institute's new report on Canada's aging population by 2045. That's less than 30 years from now. Canada's aging population could push government deficits to $143 billion. They're already clawing back on old age security. They've been doing that for a while. If you're a senior and you're earning, I think it is over $74,000, they start to claw back on the old age security. And uh, they're cautious about that because people start to fight back and say, hold on, I'm entitled to this. I paid into it. You people in government, you don't back off on your pensions and all of your goodies. Let your vote yourself. So don't be taking it away from me. Some more questions for Taylor Jackson from the uh, Fraser Institute when we come back. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
Quite a few emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com concerning the M103 debate we had yesterday. And uh, Mr. Arif Firani, the liberal member of parliament, who challenged Dr. Zudi Jasser and called him an extremist and did the same for Rahil Raza or two Rahil Raza. Mr. Um, Virani is not getting a lot of support from listeners. And I want to remind you that I'll be getting in touch with the liberal MP and offering him what Dr. Jasser asked me to offer him, and that is a debate between Mr. Jasser and Mr. Virani on this program weekend after next. So we can hear why it is Mr. Virani believes that Mr. Dr. Jasser is an extremist because of his views and thoughts about M103. Dr. Jasser is anything but an extremist. Uh, Text message, the government is resentful about the money going to be given out once the huge rush of retirements start for the baby boom generation. But I'm sure they're quite happy once they're pensioned off with what they'll be pulling in compared to the average person. Yeah. You think? Do you think? If you're in government, if you're a member of parliament elected to government for, I think it's about 10 years, you're going to be getting about 80 grand a year for the rest of your life tied to the cost of living. And that's not bad. It's particularly good if you've been around a lot longer before they made a few changes in the MP and senator's pension. What What's <laughs> it's really frustrating is that they vote it for themselves. Yes, indeed. Taylor Jackson is a researcher at the Fraser Institute. He's also the um, co-author of the Fraser Institute's new report on Canada's aging population, $143 billion dollars. Um, our aging population could push the government into deficits of $143 billion by 2045. It wouldn't be as simple, would it? I have to ask this question. It wouldn't be as simple, would it, Mr. Jackson, as telling governments to spend more efficiently? Well, you know, it's a very complicated problem. So, so far we've only talked about how an aging population is going to lead to spending increases. But it's really a true two-pronged effect that an aging population has on government finances. And the other prong is that as the population ages, we're going to see a relatively lower share of uh, Canadians participating in the labor force. And most economists expect that this is going to lead to slower economic growth and also slow down revenue growth for governments. So government revenue will grow more slowly while spending is actually increasing. So we're going to see a reduction in, in possibly in government resources, holding a, a number of different things constant. Um, so this is not going to be a, a simple solution for, for governments to fix. Again, they're really going to have to look at how can they reform programs? Should they be increasing taxes? Should it be financed through through deficits and debt? Or should it be some combination? And these are the, the tough calculations that our government officials at the provincial level, the federal level, are going to have to make. And as you write in your report, the simple math tells us there are no other options. And again, the aging population is coming. As you said, there's nothing we can do about no, that. Can't. At some point, one quarter of Canadians uh, are going to be senior citizens. And again, they are going to demand 
uh, or have demands for, for the system they paid into, again, healthcare yeah. uh, in particular, where we're going to see a large increase in span- spending. Yeah. So governments are going to have to get creative, certainly. A demand and a need uh, in, in many cases. They're been counting on and planning on this particular money, this income from government pensions and planning on health care being available and planning on other social programs being available because the promise was made that they would be. Uh, looking at just one of the costs, just one of the costs, you started with health care, and that's the big one, of course. Uh, you're, you're right. In 2014, government spent $11,625 on average per senior compared to just $2,664 for Canadians aged 15 to 64. That's f- almost five times as much per person. That's huge. Again, yes, certainly it is huge, and this is why as we move to a quarter of the population being on that other side of yeah. 65, why we're going to see such an increase in, in healthcare spending. And, you know, our seniors are going to need treatment for, for chronic illnesses uh, and the like. So, so governments are going to have to ask themselves, how can we best use our resources to again provide the services that uh, the Canadian seniors are going to demand? Mr. Taylor, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Uh, Action is going to be necessary. It's how well that message is delivered and sold to an aging population that is going to be really, really important. Thank you for the time. Yes, thank you for having me on. From the Fraser Institute, Taylor Jackson on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Here's the story. It's just no pun intended. It's gnawing at me. It's just been bugging me all day. And um, the show's technical producer, Lisa, who is also a news anchor, Lisa Poleski at 900 CHML in Hamilton, um, wrote about this particular incident. I'm just going to read you her, her story. Hamilton police have charged a man after allegedly witnessing him repeating, repeatedly hitting a dog in the head. Police were called to an address in the north end of the city around 8.30 p.m. for reports of a man assaulting a dog. When they arrived at the house, police say they saw a man in his mid-30s pick up a yellow Labrador retriever by the neck and punch the dog several times in the head. The man was immediately arrested and the SPCA and animal control were called in. Police say the dog wasn't seriously injured but was visibly shaken. The dog's owner, who has not been named by police, has been charged with causing unnecessary suffering to an animal. He's been released from custody and is scheduled to appear in court at a future date. The SPCA will provide an update on the dog on Monday, so tomorrow, and whether or not the owner can maintain custody. I hope not. I hope not. I don't really know what to say about that other than it just infuriates me. For the life of me, I cannot understand how anyone would or could do that to a to a friendly any animal and labs are among the kindest dogs on the planet we talk about this 800-263-2428 1-800-263-2428 we talk about that for a little while i i, I don't know what to ask you really I just know how much my little guys mean to me. This is really disturbing. I guess the fundamental question is, what do you do to people who harm animals? 
I don't know. Give me a call, 1-800-263-2428. Can we talk about this? If you have a dog, if you love dogs, just give me a call. 1-800-263-2428. 